Hello and welcome to a very special Communicare Awards 2019 podcast. I'm Andrew McConaughey, Group Editor of Pharma Market Europe, and I'm here to chair a discussion on this year's Communicare Excellence in Communication through Creative Execution category. If you're thinking of entering this category this year, this podcast is for you because we have three of the judges for this year's category to give you some tips and insights into what makes a good entry and the wider question of creativity in this field. So let me introduce to you Andrew Binns, who's Director of Havas Links and last year's Chair of the, uh, on the committee and again this year, Fiona Hammond, who's Managing Director at Hamill, and Stuart Mayle, who's an Independent consultative, Consultant Creative Director. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. And uh, Andrew, let, let's kick off with you. Um, I know you've, uh, you've, been, you've been a champion of this, this category and setting it up last year. So tell us about how it went last year and, and where, where you want to take it uh, for 2019. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when we had a look at some of the previous categories um, for digital engagement, for social media, um, we were getting incredibly strong um, uh, submissions from a lot of agencies for that one. What we wanted to do was really create um, a category that celebrated creativity but within the um, the ethos of everything that communique is about so that really strategic um, strong um, almost th thinking about why a campaign was needed um, and rewarding strategic thinking rather than just rewarding the aesthetics um, of, of creativity. Um, so we sat down, we created um, the um, award and we got 31 entries which was fantastic um, and I know um, obviously I think that was a, a record number that, that was sent through. Some amazing entries as well and I know speaking on, on behalf of the fellow judges, um, we considered every single one of them so it did take um, a great amount of time um, and all 31 um, really responded very well to the criteria that we'd created. When we um, started discussing um, the, the submissions within the judging room, I think we found that perhaps the way that I'd written the criteria for success um, had been a little bit confusing where we'd given equal um, scoring for creativity, for strategic thoughts, for the key metrics to define the success of the campaigns, for the research, for the insights. Um, so we had a bit of a juxtaposition where we had incredibly beautifully crafted um, award entries and also hugely strategic um, entries as well and I think um, definitely like um, you know from Fiona your side of things I think it was it was great having that discussion wasn't it but yeah, I think no. it got a bit confusing at times didn't it um, so, so yeah so for this year you've, you've got new, new criteria to help people who want to enter and really clarify absolutely yeah so, um, like, like all good strategic thinkers, we were, we were always evolving it. Um, so we acknowledged where perhaps some of the confusion had, 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 had arisen um, and some of the friction between creativity and strategic thinking. So we've just changed it slightly, um, not necessarily to start shifting back to um, the metric side of things because we really want to do celebrate creativity. And what we want to do is make sure that this award um, is open to medcoms agencies, PR agencies, advertising agencies, small um, independent agencies, big network of agencies. There is no defined 
um, criteria for the types of companies that, that enter that. So what we did was we just had a look at the criteria. And I think it was Fiona's words, I think it was a really powerful word. She wanted us to really get across that this award celebrates the power of creativity. And I think that sums it up perfectly. And, and yeah, I'll talk about it, but Fiona gets all the credit for coming up with it. But basically, I think what that means is that we really wanted to look at how creativity can create impact and why is a campaign so important. So that's where things like the, the insights and the research, we do need to see um, that that's been, that's been taken into consideration. We want to understand the segmentation and the analysis of the audience types. And then we really want to start rewarding how um, the impactful campaign has been developed. And I think that's something that we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about today, is how do you actually judge that type of engagement? How do you judge that type of creativity? How do you judge impact beyond just the simple wow factor yeah. um, and a series of, of soft and hard KPIs? Right. Thank you, Fiona. On that point, though, um, welcome. The, um, the, where do you see this as, as a niche in terms of all the different awards? We've got some very creative awards and some very metric-driven awards, and this is we're trying to do something very specific here. So what's your take on that? I guess um, really uh, uh, reiterating many of the things that Andrew's already covered, uh, to me, when I saw the award newly launched, I was really excited about it because I think one of the things with the communiques is everyone aspires to win a communique award because they are they're very well recognised for excellence in communication. And for a lot of the um, campaigns that we worked on, um, we couldn't really fit it into a category. So when this category came along, it was like, this is fantastic. Um, and so I guess, um, as Andrew said, it just gives the opportunity to get that creative, that really powerful creativity, but to show that it's got an underpinning, a really strong strategic underpinning. And so I think those two coming together um, is what we were really looking for. And I think that's missing from a lot of the other awards that are out there, which are all fantastic. You know, everyone wants to win top awards, but it's quite often on the creative idea. Um, whereas I think the, the objective here is that it's, it's got to show that that strategic thinking that really empowers the creativity. Right. And Stuart, what's your take on that, where, where it fits in and why, why it's different? Well, I come at it from probably a slightly different point of view in that my background is, is much stronger in the comms and PR. Um, so I've seen Communique grow over the years and become much larger and much more um, uh, all-encompassing, which I think is fantastic. Um, but at its heart, I think a, a Communique which rewards creativity shows communications and PR agencies the way forward for their businesses. For long, far too long, advertising agencies have dominated creative thinking, they've dominated creative awards, rightly so, they've always been at the forefront. But I think if this provides anything, it will be a, a, a push and a pull. It will demonstrate to clients and it will demonstrate to agencies that communicate, which has always been the strategy winner, the, the strategic thinking, the comms and PR awards, now rewards creativity. I think it's long overdue and I'm really glad it was there and I'm absolutely thrilled that 31 different organisations grabbed hold of the opportunity to put their ideas forward. I think it was fantastic. Great, thank you for that. So let's dive into that. We've touched on a lot of issues there already actually, but so just coming back to that central question that we're all interested in about the, the, the place of creativity and really how we, how we judge it. Um, Fiona, do you want to start on this particular yeah, question? No, so the question we've got in front of us, why is it important for Communicate to have an excellence in communications through creative execution category, this specific one that we've 
Okay, why, why is it important to yes. have one, or how do you judge it? Yes, <laughs> it, I think, well, the, the key word is creativity, isn't it? And that's, yeah, that's, so that's I the think heart of it. around judging creativity, um, we could be here for the next kind of week and a half, hmm. and I think it's something that it is very, very difficult to judge the creative output, if you like, what the, the image or the visuals, um, because it is so subjective. Um, and, and it really is around, you know, that wow factor, how it makes you feel emotionally, how you engage with it. Um, I think that's all around whether or not you have got the big idea. Um, uh, but I think one of the things, again, going back to the strategic underpinning, if we're able to show that it's based on some form of evidence, as in, you know, the, the, the visual or the communication campaign, um, looks like so because actually from the insights that we found that's what patients needed or that's what healthcare professionals needed so that something that you're doing within your communications within that creativity is actually starting to to really if you like fill an unmet need perhaps um to to show that that strategy mm. is really there i don't know right. andrew and if you do well I, I, I mean yeah. one of the things i think that um, I was I was really proud of as chair of the judges was the group of judges that were judging the creativity side of things and, and just picking up on Fiona's point about how hard it is to judge creativity we had um, um, a managing director from one of the UK's leading behaviour change agencies we had a brand manager from one of healthcare's uh, biggest pharma companies um, we had a, a SVP from a strategy um, agency um, we had creative directors who were interested in both the strategic side of things but also the stunning aesthetics that you've got to look for as well so that um, that, that beautiful diversity of the judges, yeah. whilst it did create lots of arguments for Fiona, didn't it? I yeah. think it also helped us really start to understand what motivated Stuart versus what motivated me. That all came together, which meant that all of the 31 um, had a really holistic uh, view of every single one of their entries from that behaviour change side of things from your side, Fiona, right through to the impactful side of things, which was motivating me, right through to Sam um, from Novartis's client side of things where obviously they're interested in the results as this campaign worked and then Stuart's expertise in really an analysing creatively does it provoke does it elicit a response does it activate people um, it was a good group Stuart wasn't it that we had together uh, yes very much so um, as you say uh, there was um, plenty of arguments but uh, all, all the better for yeah. it um, yeah and it, it, I guess as well what it whilst there was a lot of diversity and you know disparate opinions Ultimately, it shone through how much there was the opportunity from judging it where people could find a way through. Because it could very easily have just become, particularly with a large number of entries, very disparate entries, it could have become just a, a beauty pageant. You know, I like this one best and I refuse to budge. But people were swayed by the argument because the strategy and the information was there in front of us in order to make an objective decision. Yeah. And I think that's where this award and communique should be um, lauded in that now the, the quality of the entry is enough that you can stand back from concerns of aesthetics, as you say, or the quality of the craft or whatever it might be, and actually say, can we objectively judge an apple and an orange? And yes, you can. When yeah. you get down to behaviour change, when you get down to outcomes, when you get down to the quality of the thinking, 
the rest can fall away to some extent and you can make a decision. Part beyond that, as you rightly say, you still have to look and say, did this excite me? Yeah. Did I enjoy this? Was I moved by this? And I think the, the, the awards that won and were shortlisted definitely offered both on those. Yeah. 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 So if I could put it this way then, so what you're trying to do, from my way of thinking, you're trying to bring together two things, the creativity and the, the patient insights, and sometimes those two don't go together, but that's, that's the spark that you're looking for. It's not just an indulgence, it's creativity. It's got to illuminate the subject matter for patient need. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Stuart hit the nail on the head where it isn't a beauty pageant that, that, that we wanted this award to be. The pride that people have in winning a Communicate Award is because it means that it's been judged against a very strict set of uh, strategic thinking criteria. But I think we all... Um, eventually agreed on, on, on certain ways that we would judge the, um, the, the submissions and I think this will be helpful for anyone who's looking to submit uh, for, for next year's one is there is that wow factor we wanted to create this award so that we could have some fun we wanted people who'd had fun creating campaigns we work in a wonderful industry where we get to have fun in some of the campaigns um, the, the, the impact on the patient makes us all feel great when, when a campaign works so we really wanted to have a um, a, a, an award that really celebrated um, the great things that, that a lot of agencies out there are doing. We then really wanted to look at the impact, which is where I feel that the Communique brand really shines over some of the other ones um, that, um, that reward that aesthetic um, or, or the big idea. Communique, we still really wanted to stay loyal to the fact that there has to be a reason for this campaign and it has to have been a successful campaign not necessarily in, in some of the metric side of things because we really wanted to reward clever thinking rather than just reward um, KPIs, yeah. successful KPIs. So what do we mean by impact then? If, you're not, it's not, if it's not just KPIs, what is it? So I guess that is where, where the subjective side of things came in and a lot of the arguments happened there, Fiona, didn't yeah. they? Where <laughs> some of us thought some campaigns were incredibly impactful and I guess as judges were selected um, and we're very, you know, we feel very honoured to be selected, but our opinions are important and I think sometimes um, that you go too far into, well, let's analyse everything about this and I don't see any harm and we certainly followed that ethos of do I like this campaign? Does it work for me? Does it, does it, is it something that I enjoy looking at? And Stuart said it earlier about the fact that we want to make sure that um, we saw something and we thought, as judges, do we like this campaign? Do we understand why it was created? Um, and does it make an impact on us? And, and I think that was a lot of discussions were around that, yeah, weren't they? And I think that was the beauty of the winner. You know, they achieved that wow factor. Plus, you could show that it was underpinned by that strategic thinking. So, and, and everyone was 100% yeah. agreed on the winner. So it was bringing together quite a disparate group, yeah. as you both said. Um, but we all agreed on outstanding piece of yeah. creativity underpinned by strategic thinking. So it really showed that, that, that the award worked. Yeah. And Stu, you... you you touched on earlier, didn't you, about the fact that people were discussing, um, it, it, it got heated, as you would expect yeah. with all those people, but people were discussing to the extent where people's minds were being changed, weren't they, in a, in a, in a nice way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's, that's probably the, the mark of good judging, to my experience, is whether or not you are prepared to hear and be swayed by others in in their in the recognition of what is put in front of you you know it's very easy to just latch on to one you like yeah. and whilst i agree with you you know you do need to feel a visceral 
joy and a, a link with the piece of work, particularly in creativity, to, to stand up and say, I think this should win a prestigious award. Ultimately, if somebody says to you, yes, but, you know, I think you should consider that if you look at the, you know, this piece of um, the aspect of the presentation or this piece of the submission or whatever, that you're able to stay and actually go, do you know what? You're right. You know, looking at it from that my, you know, that point of view allows me to see it in a different way. I think is is very valid. Um, Stuart, you mentioned behavioural change. That's obviously a measure that we know about, and how we, you can see the effect, hopefully, uh, of these campaigns. So, how does that work in this day and age? Um, it's the idea is spreading a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, I think behavioural change is a, is a big topic, um, and obviously, there's various ways in, by which you can measure it. Again, I think you know, in terms of measuring it in a campaign. Sometimes it has to have been running for a period of time to really show that it's changed behaviour. Mm. Um, however, and also it's the longevity of that behaviour because quite often it's quite easy to change something in the short term. It's that long term, you know, are, are, is that behaviour going to continue um, that is more difficult? Um, so I think, you know, in terms of what metrics you put in place, they, they probably have to mm. deal with that short term and long term. Um, but again, it depends on how long the campaigns have been running. Yeah. I don't know. And I think the the behaviour change framework that a lot of us utilise that is very good at, at analysing the the propensity to prescribe, for example. But for these sort of campaigns, I think what we wanted to see was um, it is is a framework being put in place to understand what is the current mindset or what is the current yeah. behaviour, what is the desired mindset or the desired behaviour, and how does the campaign shift person X into doing. Um, a different type of behaviour or having a different mindset and I think Fiona that's what we wanted wasn't it rather yeah, than absolutely. a very traditional combi type approach to a to a campaign because suddenly then you're getting into very rigid uh, metrics and, exactly. and and a framework that yeah, we wanted would, to free up didn't we yeah so let's move on to the question the next question and that's how can clients and agencies get better at combining strategic goals and creativity Stuart what are your thoughts well, I think we just heard a lot about the difficulties and the um, imperatives in judging and measuring creativity. And I think actually this dovetails quite nicely. In a lot of clients and a lot of agencies haven't as yet got the right ability to communicate their ideas in such a way that their clients can buy into them. And I think they need to be better at that. And a lot of that is learnings that you could get from entering categories like this. How do I best present my objectives? How do I best present my insights? How do I best present a pure flow of where I got to the idea? You know, too often it's kind of, oh, I done did a think and I came up with this amazing idea. It might be an amazing idea, but many clients will potentially have to invest huge sums of money in something off the back of someone's hunch. It's not good enough. But equally on the other side, you know, we've all had that heart-sinking moment when a client dismisses a piece of creative work that might be well, in, um, well uh, measured, well evaluated, well considered on a whim. They don't like it. And it lacks that objectivity which these kind of awards are aiming to get across. That You can be objective about the way in which you look at creativity and you can be objective about the way in which you measure and evaluate whether or not a certain creative path is the right way to go. So just by entering this and working with your agency, working with your client, I think it will help agencies be better at being able to get to that point of combining strategy and creativity to get really great campaigns out there because we need them more than ever. Yeah. 
And Fiona, what's your take on the agency client dynamic? Say that again. What's, sorry, your, what's your take on the agency client dynamic? How's, how can that work better? With, with the agency and client? Yes. Um, well, I guess in many ways, it, the, the strategy is where we will start. Or the, you know, it's what, what do we want to know about the brand, what are we trying to communicate about the brand, and you know, what behaviours are we trying to shift? Um, and it, it's pretty fundamental these days that you know, in, in all creative campaigns, really, that I would say that's what they're based mm -hmm. on. It's what is strategic thinking behind the communication. Um, so I would say in many ways that's where we all start from, or we try to start from, um, so that it's not, you know, it, it just, you, you need to justify that, mm. that creative, creative idea, the yeah. big idea. Um, I think when you, like, on that exact point, when, when you first pitch for a piece of work, you go in very strategically. You don't just go in with some pretty yeah. pictures. You explain what your rationale is. You show the research yeah, and the true. insights you've done. We're very robust in how we win work yeah. as, 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 as agencies from clients because they're very sophisticated now in what they want when they award these large pieces of important communication projects. To Stuart's point, I think it then becomes watered down as the project process goes on to the stage where it is... Um, a creative director or the wife of a client basically saying I, I don't like the look of that um, or I've seen uh, Coca-Cola have done something that I'd like us to have mm. a go at that. So and do you need a champion in, in the client side to, to preserve that quality? I think it's it, the owners should be on the agencies, we're the ones who are perceived as, well not perceived, we are the experts, um, we're paid a lot of money by these clients to help drive their objectives and meet their business and commercial objectives. So I think the owner should always be on the agencies to ensure that the strategic thinkers collaborate heavily with the creative guys throughout the entire project and we don't just have a baton um, passing process, which I think we're all guilty of, Fiona, sometimes, aren't we, of where you start off very strategic and then you move down into a more aesthetic approach and something gets signed off because it looks wonderful. Okay, um, so you need a bit of stamina behind your creativity. Exactly, and a bit of bravery and a bit of stubbornness, which Fiona, all strategy people are, aren't we? Um, yeah. And battling both with the likes of Stuart from a creative director point of view, I want to see battles between strategy and creative, um, as well as the battles uh, with the client to make sure that something yeah. really strong gets pushed I through. I think that's really important yeah. point as well. Like internally within the agencies, that battle is kind of going on, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've got your strategists and your creative people trying to come up with the best idea together. Um, but, you know, in many ways, I think, like you both said, the strategy is, is the fundamental. It's often the first idea that you then take through to the creative execution. Um, and I think that's where our clients want to be, and most of them are. Yeah. Um, it, it's just ensuring that once you know you actually get into creating your communication materials and they're kind of going to be launched into the wide world as it is, that we retain that that st strategic underpinning. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes due to various kind of, um, I don't know, you obviously have to adhere to the guidelines, to what medics allow you to say, so all, all those kind of things can sometimes dilute what you really want to say, but it's really holding on to the essence of it. Right. Yeah. Um, quickly on that point though, how do you deal with that compliance issue, the issues? Because people use that as an excuse perhaps as to stifle their creativity, it comes around a lot yeah. that question. So 
How do you best tackle that? With the compliance issues, sometimes you can't do very much about them. I mean, you know, I think from a from a creative perspective, we're always trying to push for excellence mm. in, in that idea. Um, but sometimes you do just, there's certain things you can't say or you can't do. So you kind of have to sometimes come down slightly on that. So I guess it's just working hand in hand with, client, with, with our clients because at the end of the day, we all want the best thing for the brand yeah. you know whether you're the agency or whether you're a client um, that's our joint objective mm. right so thinking inside the box outside the box back in the box I mean the one thing I would add to that is I have always said for 23 24 years sorry for 23 24 years that uh, I've been working that the more regulated the industry the more in need of creativity it is yeah that's true you know, it is far too easy and has been historically far too easy, particularly perhaps outside of advertising and, and that side of strategy and, and, and planning, um, for agencies to take an, an easy route or for clients to take an easy route and use the idea of um, high barriers, compliance, various bits and pieces to, you know, not do things which they know to be the right course of action. You know, I look at the, the, the slowness with which Pharma took up social media and, and digital campaigning and whatever else, which was completely unnecessary, but it was driven by a, a risk-averse mm. um, attitude. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is, again, back to the idea that, you know, if you are, if you have a box, if you have rules, creativity needs rules too. That's why you have a strategy, that's why you have planning, that's why you need to set objectives, because it's only by doing that that you achieve great creativity. And the same applies for the regulated um, marketplace that Pharma and MedTech works in. Yeah, I think on, on the compliance side of things, um, first of all, Pharma isn't the only heavily regulated industry. Um, banking, um, the, uh, the NHS, uh, the BBC, these are all huge brands, the Coca-Colas, you, you could never develop something that ever brings their brand into disrepute, that's just bad creativity and bad agency. So I think one thing that, that within healthcare we need to understand is that we're not the poor, um, bullied, um, compliant, over-regulated bunch of people and everyone else is having the freedom of creativity. Stuart's totally right, creativity's job is to push the boundaries. And I think compliance um, officers are often seen as a big bad wolf, when in fact, all you need to do is explain to them why something is relevant. Um, so I, I remember working on a, on a patient campaign, uh, it was signed off um, by, by the brand team, the compliance officer said, you can't say that, patients don't wanna hear that sort of language. And in fact, we then got the patient advocacy group to come in and talk to the compliance officer and say, well, this is exactly the sort of campaign that would activate our, 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 our members. And the compliance officer was like, fine, that's all I need to see. And I think sometimes we, we just show compliance officers um, an aesthetic or a, a piece of creative and expect them to sign it off with no context or the ability for them to validate things. So again, I think the pressure uh, should be on agencies to engage with as many people as we can, whether it's IT or compliance, and not just the brand guys that sign our paychecks. Great. Those internal stakeholders as well then. So, great, great tip there. Um, so Stuart, can I come to you again, please? And on the question of what this ideal campaign would look like. So when I saw this question, I, I put a lot of thought into it, because as we just heard, Whilst the criteria are, are strong and robust and you need to follow them, there is still a wide 
spread of potential ways in which you could approach um, an entry. What I would, however, say, what I really, really want to see more and more um, is a really clear sense of where did the creativity and the idea come from. And by that, I mean the insights. And I mean true insights. I know we, we get lost and caught up in an insight and what is an insight and what is an insight. The human truths that underpin what we're trying to do. And the reason why I'm so keen on that is, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is, uh, does amazing work, delivers life-saving medicines to people, helps uh, doctors um, do huge amounts more good quality work. But on occasion, we lose sight of the people behind those masks. We treat a patient, not a person. We see a doctor, not a human. And ultimately, they are people with attitudes, beliefs, interests, fears, anxieties, and bits and pieces. And it's only by really understanding those and showing us in your entry that you understand those that I can see where the creativity came from and I can give good and full credit to what has been put in front of me there because otherwise as you say it can become a, a wonderful exercise in seeing beautiful craft the best film you know the best audiovisual work even to the extent of a wonderful piece of strategy and inspired thinking but unless it comes back to an idea of what is the human truth that's underpinned where we're mm. going here you, it, it's gonna mm. to my mind always um, fall by the wayside somewhere. But and creatively speaking, though, do you have to start with this fantastic patient insight, or do you, can you start somewhere else entirely? Can you start at an aesthetic point and then stumble across this patient insight? Does it have to be? I, I mean, one you, way? you can hear you can hear a million different views depending on a million different people. As as um, one of three in this panel at the moment in time, and the only one who's not a strategist, um, you might get a different argument. Um, uh, but I would probably back them up. I would say this: m it must be insight-led creativity. We're not in a world these days where people will spend vast quantities on craft. Certainly not in pharma, you know. And increasingly, even you know, you can look at the likes of other awards, um, you know, big award categories and whatever, where people are producing work purely to win awards, mm. vanity work, mm. which I think is just a total waste of time and money. You know, yeah, you win a shiny bauble to put on your uh, on your the shelf of your office but ultimately it's hollow it's not delivered any patient benefit mm. and the only way we will deliver that patient benefit is by understanding what patients and their healthcare providers actually need and that comes from insight my strategy colleagues say <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably also the translation it's taking that insight and i'm really understanding what that means um, because you know you can come up with lots of insights when you're doing your research but it's really understanding okay so what does that actually mean what does that mean that we have to change um, what behavior do we have to shift and how are we then going to do that uh, Andrew any, any further thoughts on, on that um, I, no I think Stuart and Fiona have, have really eloquently explained what we're looking for um, and I think if we'd have had this conversation 12 months ago we'd have saved ourselves hours of arguing um, in the judging process but yeah absolutely agree I think um, when people are submitting get straight to the point why are you doing this what were you hoping to achieve um, who was it aimed at um, and why are you so proud about this piece of work um, and pride comes in um, the impact that your piece of work has created um, and we want to see the craft, we want to see the elegance of, of the creativity as well, uh, but we want to see the why, and I think that's the key thing. Great. So, can we just, uh, final question, is really broadening up, and perhaps it's a, a moment to be creative or re recall some of the mo your most favourite creative campaigns, whether it's in healthcare or, or not. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and do, and do you have any that spring to mind? Yeah, one that um, I know uh, Tom Riches, the Chief Creative Officer at Havas, is, is absolutely in love with as well and, and constantly shows it through uh, the whole agency as a beautiful example of um, really finding something that needed to be changed and where creativity um, can change it. And it was um, a campaign about uh, called Act 21, um, which was um, a, a law in the States that basically prohibited people with Down syndrome from working um, in restaurants. Um, so they developed a restaurant called C21, which was the, which was the, the, the law they were trying to repel. C21 restaurant, they brought all these senators there, everyone from the uh, maitre d' to the sommelier to the concierge to the, uh, the chefs um, were all people living with Down syndrome. Um, and at the end of the meal, which was a, a, a wonderful taster menu, um, when the bill came, um, the bill um, w was was this bill that they wanted to repel, um, and it just showed um, the fact that these people can do a great job. And it was a ridiculous law. Um, it was a very simple campaign, and within a couple of weeks, um, it was being discussed, and, and that law has now been changed. So for me, that's the very definition of understanding. What do we want to change? What campaign can we come up with that will make that change? How do we understand the mindsets of the people we're trying to change? Um, and then what is the change that we want? So I, I think that's a beautiful campaign. C21 Restaurant, if anyone wants to Google it, is, uh, it's, a, it's a great campaign. So I go back many years to my favourite um, campaign. It was actually um, for my old agency, Palings, and they came up with um, the Zofran ad, which was, uh, I don't know if anyone listening will actually remember it because it must be over 20 years old. Um, but it was of a young girl who, um, she actually had alopecia, but um, she looked like a cancer patient. And the wording was, while you're, trying to, while you're trying to make it better, make it bearable. And it was for an anti-emetic, which was Zofran. And the, the key insight was the fact that um, cancer um, specialists they were obviously giving people chemotherapy, which was making him incredibly sick. Um, and but it, the, the message was, you know, we know you have to do this, but give them an antiemetic because you don't want to make them any sicker. And the actual research that we got that insight from was where they went around the hospitals and actually talked to some of the patients and also to clinicians. And some of them were actually in tears when the, when the insight was fed back to them because they just didn't see it. Of course, they, their key objective was to treat the cancer. <laughs> But the fact that it was having an impact on their day-to-day -day living, or these poor patients who were, you know, vomiting because of it. Um, so for me, that that was really a key insight that drove incredible change um, in the area. Yeah, powerful stuff. Stuart, did you? What do you? What do you recall? Go on, I've, I'll play. I've written a few down. Um, <laughs> well, I, do I, um, I, I? I hate to say them now. Um, I, Interestingly, a lot of kind of um, behavioural change work, particularly um, amongst young people, um, seems to be the amazing, the amazing work's being done by um, governments down under um, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, New Zealand had a, a, sorry, Australia to begin with, had a hugely successful campaign called ReWord, which was an app that could be placed on um, kids' computers and various bits and pieces that literally took bullying terms and reworded them. Um, and the incidence of bullying 
dropped dramatically and the instance at which kids felt it was acceptable to use bullying language um, and derogatory language actually went down as a result. It was a hugely impacted campaign. Um, and just recently, a pure piece of beautiful craft out of New Zealand um, is a similar bullying piece of work called um, Oat the Goat, um, which I would um, really encourage people to take a look at. It's a lovely little online game. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful piece of work. Um, in terms of healthcare and, and some really, really impactful work there, I'm sure everyone's seen um, the highly garlanded um, vanguardist um, piece where uh, I think it's an Austrian magazine printed the entire issue in HIV uh, infected blood um, which really challenged the idea of the sense of stigma and embarrassment around um, those particular campaigns and if I'm allowed a little bit of selfish um, you know self-conceit um, I'm really proud of sort of 18 months blood sweat and tears from uh, a crazy idea sat in a basement room in a, in a brainstorm to bring together the uh, Haynes Man Manual, which for those of us who are old enough to remember Haynes before, was uh, the concept of you could fix your own car, well this is the concept that you could fix your own body. Um, so it was a, um, a, a quite an achievement to get Haynes to agree to actually uh, let us have the keys to their, uh, their, their brand. Um, but we did produce the Man Manual, it sold 100,000 copies, it was hardback bestseller um, at its launch um, and ultimately it raised a great deal of money for the Men's Health Forum at the time. So. Um, a hugely successful piece of work that I did. Great, great. And so it seems to me that, you know, all of that tells me that you, creativity can, and inspiration seem to come from all sorts of different oh, directions. There are very diverse uh, uh, examples yeah. there. Um, look outside, look outside the industry, I, w I would always say. And I don't just mean this to farmer people, but anyone, wherever you are, look up and look out. Stay curious. Great, great. And so just some practical tips for people listening who want to uh, submit entries and thinking how do we go about it then uh, we touched on them, some of them earlier uh, so Andrew just just some things to bear in mind yeah. when, you're, when you're entering so these are um, entries written by the very best uh, communicators um, in the world so make sure your entry is written in the same way that you do your campaigns bear in mind the fact that judges are human beings we like to be entertained we like to be engaged with um, we will always score things better when we um, really immerse ourselves into the entry. So treat us like you treat your clients and write something that we enjoy reading. I'd agree with that. <laughs> but also I'd say um, the judging criteria will be defined on the, on the entry. Um, just really make sure that you read it and as, as can be as clear and concise in meeting the objectives that are stated there because quite often we know the information is in there but we have to read it and really pull it out so as clear as you can be on that I would say the better. Ms. Stuart, what do you think? And, and from my perspective I think you know the quality of your entry is defined by the quality of your outcomes. The quality of your outcomes are defined by the quality of your execution and the quality of your execution and everything that follows it is defined by your objectives so start with the objectives make sure we can see what they are make sure that we can understand what they are you know if I'm to put on my you know uh, evaluation hat on they need to be smart I know pretty much everybody does it these days we need to be able to measure them and we need to see how you have measured them so really focus as much effort as you possibly can on getting those objectives right and making sure we can see that those objectives are right and that you've measured them Okay, great. Well, all that leaves me to do is thank my panellists. Thanks all for your brilliant insights.
and uh, we hope that's been helpful uh, some great tips and insights so if you are entering please do so in the coming weeks you'll find details on our website and uh, very best of luck in that thank you thank you very much thank you thank you